Welcome to Mysterious Goings On, the podcast about creativity, writing, and mystery. Every week, we talk about all kinds of great fiction and meet the people who write it. We also feature explorations about creativity in all walks of life. Your host, Alex Greenwood, will join you right after this. throw the word legend around very often and it's even more rare when I meet someone who I think fits the bill and I've actually met a legend and he's somebody we're going to talk about today even if you don't follow baseball if you follow the plight of African Americans in the United States of America throughout history if you follow civil rights if you just follow interesting people then you should know about the late great Buck O'Neill that's why I'm very excited to welcome and I can say this for for the truth, but it's the truth. I sometimes say my friend, but she really is my friend, Christy Nursetimer here. Christy is an educator. Uh, she holds a master's in curriculum instruction and teaches and works in the innovation as an innovation specialist at the Shawnee Mission School District. She has written for various educational organizations, including the Kansas Historical Society and the Greenbush Education Center. What we're going to really focus on today, among other things, is the greatest thing. A story about Buck O'Neill, her debut picture book. Get this. It received the 2022 Kansas Notable Book Award and was a Thorpe Man Award nominee. Christy was also voted Kansas City Pitch uh, Local. If you don't know what that is, Kansas City Pitch is a local uh, weekly. Uh, best author in 2021. She lives right down the street from me in Kansas with her husband and two daughters. And I cannot wait to speak with her because it's very rare that I talk to such a notable debut author as Christy. Christy, welcome to Mysterious Goings On. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, it's my pleasure. It's so it's so good to see you. Bumped into you again recently at a, at a uh, author fair, uh, and and I'm just like, oh my gosh. And I'll, I was standing there talking to someone, and your husband, he's wearing a mask, so I did. I, it took me a second. He's like, hey, buddy, and he just kind of nudges me. You know how he does. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, hey, and he, Christy's here. And I'm like, I know, I'm just gonna look bright, but I didn't expect to see him. So it's good that you have kind of a roadie helping you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's definitely my roadie, <laughs> whether he wants to be or not. <laughs> well, it was. I I can't tell you how excited I was to see you and and, and Bob Hill. And a recent guest, Jeff Bernie, was just on the other side of the room from you, who I just met there. And he and I are probably going to be friends for life. I, that's what I love about meeting writers where you click, you know. You no, just... yeah, that was so fun to be there. And it's so great that these things are in person now because of, when the, came, the book came out pretty much during COVID. So a lot of things have been virtual. So it was really fun to be in person with different writers and connecting. I love that day. Doesn't it make you feel, I don't know, it buoys me to meet with other writers because... I don't care how many awards or how successful we're all, I think, a little insecure, a little. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. to get in a whole room of this, <laughs> this creative <laughs> but insecure energy is a hoot, you know? <laughs> I know. That's the truth. I know I've got my one little book and I go buy other people's stands like yours. And there's like several just all over on the table. There's barely space on the table for people <laughs> like you. And it's like... But everybody's so down to earth, and I learned so much from other writers that it's it was a real thrill, and always is when I meet other writers. Yeah, you know, Christy, I I used to think it would be a, a competitive thing, you know, like oh they they I mean Jen Mann, who I know Jen, she's got New York oh, Times yes. bestsellers, you know, and she's been on the show. She's a hoot. Mm -hmm. I and, love and her. He's a doll. I love her too. And 
I used to think before I got started way back when, 15 years ago, when I really, I mean, I've written forever, but when I really started, got my work published, that kind of thing, I kept thinking, gosh, you know, I'm in competition. No, you're not. You're, you're really not. There's mm-hmm. there's so many books and so many different kinds of readers out there. It's not a competition. I think the competition's with myself, which brings me to somebody who was an incredible competitor, Buck O'Neill. I mean, I've already stated the obvious about Buck, but a Medal of Freedom winner. I mean, why Buck O'Neill? Well, years ago, he came to one of my schools where I was teaching, and um, he came with Frank White. They were um, trying to get interest in the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, and so they were kind of coming around to different schools, and immediately, I fell in love with him. His Just his dynamic, charismatic personality, I mean... I didn't really go up to him because a a lot of teachers and whatnot went up to him after. I think I was starstruck. I think my students were too. So I didn't actually meet him, but I definitely became a fan that day. And I hadn't really heard of Buck O'Neill or the Monarchs. I mean, this was back in the early 90s when the museum was just opening up. And so it was just a thrill to, you know, just hear him talk. I mean, it was just his love of baseball and his love of love was just so apparent and took over the whole, you know, room. And then I did become a Monarchs fan and learning about that point in time in history. So I just immediately became a fan from that moment. And then, you know, as time went on as a teacher, there were lots of times where I wanted to teach my students about it, whether it was Kindness Kansas City Inn or Black History Month or some, you know, baseball season. There were just lots of opportunities to kind of reach out the younger audience so they would you know get to know and love Buck too and then um kind of fast forward to my writing you know as I became a teacher that was always one of my I called myself a closet writer for a long time because I it was that insecurity of just telling people that I love I actually want to be a writer when I grow up you know and and that sort of thing so um kind of during that time, I'm a member of SCBWI, the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. And a few years ago, the Little Fig Publishing Company and Park University put out a little advertisement in SCBWI about applying for a nonfiction writing intensive. So I had to apply to get accepted and I had to pitch a couple of, or one or two, I pitched two ideas. And then if they, you know, if they liked the idea, then I was admitted into the class. And then there was a chance of publication after the class was over. And so I was admitted, you know, I was accepted into the program. And then that's where the first draft of Buck O'Neill was born through, through that class. And then at the end of the class, they offered me a contract. So, of course, that was very thrilling and exciting for me. I remember being in Buck's presence. It's you know, there are those people who uh, all of us have our own little bit of charisma, I think, in one way or another. It depends on our setting, I think. That's a guy who probably had charisma when he was putting on his shirt in the morning in the closet or something. You know, that guy just just bursting with personality. And I remember I had the nerve to walk up and ask him at a function to sign a baseball. And I know at that time he was like generally not doing free. You need to pay him. And I didn't know. I was an idiot. But he signed it anyway. He was a total sweetheart. And I would just remember thought, this is one of the most charming men I've ever met in my life. And and this was back when I first moved to Kansas City, like within a couple of years. You know my wife. And I, I was dating her. And we just got married, I think. 
And his book, uh, his his biography came out, and she had it. She had an autograph of it. Uh, what was it called? Always right on time, I believe. Right, on, I was just right, right on, on time. Yeah, I was just just right on time. And so, to your point, just being in awe of him, and then having all these people surround him, mob him at your school. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I think that it, it was all so incredibly deserved. Um, uh, it's a, it's a shame that uh, the Hall of Fame did not treat him right while he was in this life. But uh, you know, sometimes our rewards come later. Um, mm-hmm. But but that's what we're talking about here with you too is your reward as a writer. So I'm just going to ask you a writing question real quick here. When you got this contract and everything, and all the dust settled, and it's like, okay, get to work. <laughs> Tell me, I want to know when you sat down, just you at the wherever, whether I don't know if you even write longhand or type or whatever. I'd, I'd love to know that moment when you're like, well, okay, you put your foot in it. It's time to go here. <laughs> yes. And it was funny because that year was just, we had so many snow days. It was like, we had eight snow days. So it was perfect that I was like literally stuck in my house and just on it, the writing, everything. And I actually do a little bit of both. I like, I like longhand, but I also you know, like to type. I do a little bit of both a hybrid, I guess, writer. Um, but I think that my first step was that researching piece, yeah. you know, and that, that actually was one of my favorite parts about the whole process was just, I just got online. I got his biography. I read the biography twice. I read Paul, I mean, Joe Posnanski's book, The Soul of Baseball, which that was really, really amazing as well. And so it was just that researching. That's where I went to first. And then, you know, through the coursework, they, they were talking about, you know, your story needs to have, there needs to be a heart in your story. I mean, our biographies now are written so differently than long ago, you know, long ago, it was like a timeline in 1942, we did that. And this, you know, it was just a list of a, a timeline. So now in the picture book world, it's like, find that heart of the story. Well, it was so obvious with Buck that his heart was just love and love of baseball, love of love, you know, just that, what that became the heart. So I think, um, and of course, writing, there were several different versions before, you know, this one kind of came into play. So I started, you know, doing my research, taking notes, and then kind of, I kind of do it all at the same time in a way where I was researching, but then I kind of saw that thread of love. And so then I started writing the first draft and and it was nice having that feedback from um, the course too. And the, the editor, Jen Bailey, is also an editor for Little Fig Publishing and a, public, and a published author herself. So it was just nice having that constant feedback, you know, like maybe we should not really ditch this draft and thought it drive, you know, start another, but that is what happened a few times. You know? <laughs> <laughs> telling me but it was just them guiding me to sure. you know maybe finding that right that right niche and, the, and even writing in first person isn't really you know common I'm a, I'm a white young well, old older white woman writing in first person about you know a, a legendary black man and that definitely is <laughs> it, it, I, it was like not necessarily relatable but yet because I saw so many um video clips of him and I I did get to meet his niece and the museum they've been wonderful I've we've really partnered with the museum I when Bob Kendrick when we read it for him the first time I just loved how he said you know thanks for remembering my friend Buck I mean that was just like one of the 
biggest compliments I could have. So just kind of piecing it all together. And I don't know, as a reader, I love to read first person. And so that's why I kind of went with first person. And I think for Buck in this particular story, I, I do think first person really did fit this story. Well, you just you just knocked out two my next two questions. I was going to say, first of all, uh, audacious choice to, as you said, as someone who is not a male, not a football, not a baseball player, not African American, but but it works, it works. And do you think though that that kind of thing works better when a child is reading the book? It's it's the the it's him talking to the child. Right. So yeah, exactly. do you, as an educator, have you seen other examples of this and it, it, did that spur you or is this, is this real? And forgive me, I have not read children's books in a long time, but is that a thing or, or did you pioneer a kind of a new way to do it? Well, um, I mean, I think there are lots of books you know, for kids written in first person and some, I'm sure I can't think of like an a biography right off the top of my head that's in first person, but several fiction books are in first person. Sure. And, you know, I work with kids reading and I, I actually work right currently kind of when those struggling readers, you know, so they all hate reading, you know, and so I'm, you know, I'm asking them what, what do they like about reading? And oftentimes it is first person because it, it does take them there right in the right. moment. So I, I think I just knew as a reader myself, I prefer first person and, and, I wouldn't say I'm a pioneer, but I would say that was an angle that spoke to me. Yeah. And I don't think if I were to write another, I do love, you know, biographies and learning about people and teaching young kids about people. So I would love to go more in that route again someday, but I don't know if that will always be a first person thing. I think oh. that this particular story was. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you you just felt like this story, yeah, you're more called to a first person. And I do recall when I was a young person, child, reading, there was a series, they were fairly, they were not like your book, they were a little more rudimentary, for sure. They were, I am George Washington. And it was just every page was a fact about him as if he was telling you. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I can literally remember one of them, I think, and I am George Washington. And I think he literally said, and I chopped down a cherry tree because I could not tell a lie, which is, of course, ridiculous. But but you know, <laughs> that's what you and, I, and I'm old. Yeah. So that's what they had back then. But yeah, I love that that uh, that aspect because I believe I saw or heard. And I know I'm jumping around a little bit here that this may be a series. So I'm just curious if this is a series that you're going to write. Will they all be in first person? Um, I don't know. I that certainly wasn't like the you're going to write picture book biographers and they're all going to be in first person. So I, I don't really, I don't think so. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't think all of them should be. I think some maybe, maybe will be better suited for not first person. Not for, and will, will it be the, the world of sports that you're going to focus on? Um, not, no, not necessarily. I mean, I would love to do a picture book biography about my favorite roles player, Salvi. And I think he's very, his story about becoming an American citizen, I think would be a wonderful story for young readers. So um, I'm trying to kind of reach out to him. I would love to do a picture book biography about him. And I don't know who would be first person or not. I think I, I think as a writer, once you get going in the story, you know, it definitely pulls you in one direction. Um, on the other, like when I very first started the Buck story, I was actually going to start it um, kind of like get to know the man behind the seat, you know, at the, at the Royal Stadium, there's the, the Buck O'Neill legacy seat. And so many people 
don't even know who Buck O'Neill is, you know, but at every game they announce who's sitting in that seat. And so I had first kind of, you know, thought about taking it from that point of, you know, from that spot, getting to know the man behind the seat. But then it just led to the museum. He was so passionate about wanting to make sure that those players were not forgotten. He was one of the founders of the Negro Leagues Museum. I mean, you know, he... And once the museum opened, he would make appearances. I mean, we did take our students there on field trips. He wasn't there that day I went, but I mean, he would love welcoming the crowd, you know, just being there for field trips or on a Saturday when the museum was open. I mean, it just, the book so obviously turned to the museum. So I think, I think that's why I can't really say definitively if they will be for first person or not. I think I'll just kind of let it, the story guide me. Well, I, you know, there's that old saying, man plans, God laughs. And that's what I, I remember always saying, well, the next couple of books in my series will do. And then I get in the middle of writing and I'm like, this is not going to happen. This is <laughs> the, the characters are like, no, you funny man. No, just type. We'll tell you what to do. So, yeah, so right, it does exactly. change. It does change. <laughs> um, I, I would, we did touch briefly um, on on your writing, like the, the nuts and bolts of you're a hybrid. You said that. I would be, except I have the handwriting of a physician on crack, so I can't read what I, and my hand gets tired. I, my, my mind moves fast and I get tired, so I just type. Mm-hmm. But, but you also mentioned snow days, things like that. Do, do you find the, do you enjoy, there's some people who say, uh, I, I like being, I like being, I don't like writing, but I like having written. And then there's others who just absolutely just love a good day, a good day at the typewriter at the desk. How, how do you feel about the process in that regard? I love the process of writing and especially if there's research involved. I mean, I love the research and really, I mean, even when I write, have written fiction stories, I'm still researching about some of the different right. subject matter that I'm, that I'm doing. So I would say that the researching and that initial writing where I have that idea in my head and I just, like you said, I'm typing, I'm typing. Now I have like a journal by my bed. That's why sometimes I'm not typing and I've learned to try to start, you know, taking notes on my phone and stuff like that when I'm maybe at a doctor's office or what have you. So that's why I have to have them all over because of different places I've got, you know, different, my laptops down here, upstairs is my journal, downstairs is a journal, but I usually carry my phone everywhere. So that's why I have to do a little bit of everything. But um, that initial idea of what that story in my head, that's what I get most excited about. And then like trying to get it onto paper. I, I do love that whole process. Now, my least favorite if you're wondering, (laughs) is that the editing process and having to rewrite. I mean, I have so many stories right now, like kids will say, it's your first book. And I'm like, well, actually it's my first published book, but I've got several other drafts. If you know of a publisher, let me know. But um, it's, it's going to do those rewrites. Like that's one of my goals for 2023 is rewriting some of the things I already have and then resubmitting. Cause that's also another laborious step is trying to submit and trying to find that perfect publisher with that perfect story. I mean, I almost need to quit my full-time job, but I can't right now to really, it is really um, a laborious task, trying to find the right publisher and the editing, trying to, you know, I take a lot of my stories to my critique group and there are always wonderful things I walk away with. And then it's trying to figure out, well, this was a good idea, but do I really want to change that as a writer? Or, oh yes, that was a much better way to phrase that than the way I had it. And I, I, I feel like that is the hardest part. 
I was going to going to ask if you had a beta reader group. So apparently you do. do what about your husband? Does he look at any of it? Is he a beta? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he definitely is. He's a librarian, so he's you know around books all the time. So the guy the guy knows books. He does. He's he reads for a living. <laughs> so <laughs> lucky guy. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Sometimes he might not want to be my beta, but no, actually, he's very, he's very supportive. I, sometimes he doesn't want to do it when I want it. That's the thing. Oh, <laughs> so I've well, learned to wait for it. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Know, same. My my partner, my wife, you know, she she's one of my betas. Her her her. It's not a failing, but I I often say, is that all you have to say about this? Come on, it's the <laughs> it's the first draft of a novel. Come on now. Oh, I, yeah. I like that one part. <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks, dear. Um, but. And I'm teasing her. She, I would say that to her face. You know me. Um, but we touched on it too at the beginning here. You're such a, by the way, you're just such a delightful interview because you just swoop in. You already know my questions. Apparently, I mean, you're just reading my mind here. It's great. I find I love this. <laughs> but like, like we mentioned earlier, though, I wanted to ask. Well, before I get to that last question, let me ask you this. So you said you have some stuff percolating and some stuff you're working on. Is it is it the same genre or do you have some other stuff going on? That I you have can talk a couple. About? Yeah, I have a couple other stories that I would love to see published that aren't uh, biography. I, um, one was based on um, a, a true story. I just, I'm, I'm very passionate for English language learners in my teaching career, and I've had several um, throughout my years. And I had a student from Guatemala come one year right in the middle of the year. And so I do have a, a story, a picture book, just kind of about know somebody in the classroom that can't speak English at all and just kind of how how she befriends and how they adjust I mean it's kind of miraculous watching really any age particularly younger ages but just them trying to communicate with one another and build friendships when language is such a barrier and so I do have a a story loosely based on that um that I, I that's one of my goals in 2023 is trying to polish that one up and resubmit it. And then I have another one, just a fun rhyming one. And rhyming books are super hard, but I do have a, a rhyming book, picture book about pet sitters, loosely based on my daughter's experience with pet sitting. And one of the, the best parts were the letters that um, the people would leave for her before they left the pets alone. You know, it was like, make sure, you know, there was one about the cat like to quote unquote shower where she had to like turn the shower on and put the cat kind of at the edge of the tub because the cat kind of liked to clean itself with the shower running. And it's just, I mean, it's, I, I, would, I wish I would have kept every letter, but it's definitely a, a story loosely based on some of her pet sitting experiences, which were super fun. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's I hilarious! I I I love cats. That 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 cracks me up. I love that. Oh, that sounds fantastic. So, uh, you're obviously uh, you you just said it already. You said it. You'd love it if you could just go full time. And so you're you're obviously committed to it. You're uh, you're not just a one book uh, wonder. You're going to be doing some more. What's the part about the whole thing? Now you already said you hate the editing. The uh, hate's a strong word. But dislike the editing is is the part the right. I like all the stages of it, even the editing. Although the editing can get a little wearisome. My editor is very tough. And um, but um, what about uh, the the illustrations though? We haven't talked about Christian very much here, and I'd love to if you could tell us a little bit about your relationship with your illustrator. How did that come about? Oh yeah, he is amazing. Well, my publisher found the illustrator. Christian Paniagua is um, living in New York and he specializes in sports 
illustrations. Although I know he's doing another book with um, with Little Fig Publishing about a singer. So he's just a, a talented, amazing illustrator. I only got to meet him a couple of times um, just over the phone. You know, sure. it was all virtual. Uh, now I did go to New York for um, for Buck's induction and I was hoping I'd get to meet him but he's you know New York City is quite a ways away from Cooperstown so it didn't really work out I hope one day to meet him but yeah. I, I I do love him love his illustrations he's so talented and of course any picture book the pictures just make the story I mean definitely a wonderful partnership and um, he actually blessed me with one of my favorite spreads and he mailed it to me that is what the one of the collage spreads of of the book has Buck kind of as an older man when I, you know, was lucky enough to get to see him. And then, then there's the younger man. And when he was the, um, the coach for the Chicago Cubs, so there's this like a this little collage page and that's one of my favorite illustrations. And so he sent me a canvas of it and, you know, said something like, thanks for making a beautiful story together, which I, I treasure that deeply. And I do hope that someday we will get to meet. He, his artwork was recognized at a, um, a museum in New York. It was a special illustrators event that he was a nominee as well and I was just really happy that he got that recognition too well he I was just I'm calling up the picture here I mean folks this is audio obviously but I'm just looking at this at this <clears throat> it's captivating this work um and it just it helps bring the whole story you've written alive and just magnificent stuff gosh how nice of him to send you that uh that i know like, yeah oh it was just a treasure i mean really this whole journey has been amazing just the different people i've been meeting and you know so many people just kind of thanking me for bringing his story to to life because they had their own Buck O'Neill stories. I mean, sure. I wish I had time to even write down, just like your story. I mean, hearing some of the stories, oh, you know, he called my son, you know, my son and wrapped him around his arms and just, you know, just like that immediate love that he would show everyone that he ever met and hearing their stories were just, has been an amazing part of this journey as well. It's, He's a fantastic guy, and uh, gosh, I could talk for hours on this. So, please to wrap this up with a quick question, though, if I could. Um, um, and and well, well, I've got two, but this is the last one. So, you said the I meant to get to this a minute ago, but you said the tougher part or the part you just like uh, about the writing is the editing. But how about the marketing end of it? Um, how's that been for you? And I know we talked a little bit about public appearances, which, which I know you make plenty of. Uh, just the general marketing, uh, it's not a secret to most listeners that publishers, even the bigger ones, you're, they're not doing most of the publishing work, the marketing work for you. You're doing mm -hmm. it, right? Tell yes. us a little bit about that for you. Yes, that's, a, that's another hard, <laughs> hard, hard piece of all of this for sure. I know my husband kind of jokes out, you know, Author, right, oftentimes writers or artists, you know, we're kind of in that, I'm not a total introvert, but I do prefer, you know, the small group of people or the writing and you're alone. And then all of a sudden you have to be like, look at me, look at me, look at me. Now. I've, got a, I've never taken so many pictures and posted so much about myself. And that, that definitely is a difficult part of it as well. Marketing is hard. Now I, I am lucky because the publisher you know, has helped, but like you said, a lot of it is on me. I mean, I think I, 
I think it would be hard to be self-published because you would totally 100%. And I've kind of thought about that route and I've talked to other self-published authors that were really have been really successful, but then you're 100% on your own. And that's nice because at least I've got somebody like, Oh, guess what? I talked to so-and-so. I mean, she, she organized me um, presenting virtually to a school district in the school district in Sarasota, Sarasota school district. I did a virtual presentation. My book is now part of their curriculum. I mean, it's just, she, you know, she's been able to really help with so much of the marketing part, but those day-to-day like, Oh, if you want an author visit, you know, and I'm doing that sort of thing, but I couldn't imagine doing it 100% by myself. I, that's the, that's a, it's quite the refrain that I get from most writers, Uh, traditional, non-traditional hybrid. Yeah. Even if you've got a small house, but it's good that, that uh, little fakes taking good care of you and and helping you find some stuff, but it's not hard to do when you write a darn great book. Uh, Christy, where can people find this book? Um, well, they can find it at the New York Leagues Baseball Museum. Um, also, Little Fig Publishing. It's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble as well. So, pretty much where where all books are sold. And as I usually say, folks, stay on the treadmill. You know, especially after the holidays, stay on the treadmill. Don't pull over in traffic to write all these these uh, down. You know, not that Christy gave one, but I could sit here and write them all for you. Not going to do that. Go to the show notes wherever you got your podcast, and if for some reason that's truncated, go to mgopod.com, and then you'll find this great. Great artwork. I've got some of that in there of the book and, of course, a picture of Christy and a lot more little surprises there. So you got to check that out, mgopod.com. You know, uh, Christy, I think uh, I think I'm sorry, I got to do this. I think you hit a home run with this one. (laughs) I mean that. But (laughs) but boy, terrible. I've I've tried so hard not to not to do that. (laughs) Uh, and you know it's especially good because you got it your first at bat. <laughs> it's, it's your first yeah, I get it. I get it. I love it. I know. I hope. I hope I got more in me. It's like it's been so, an amazing journey. It's like, wow. Am I going to be able to write another one that good? It's been Man, well received for sure. I hope you can bag Salvi. He would be a treat. I, I think he'd I be fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I, I, my friend, congratulations. Very uh, glad to know you and, and very proud of you and, and happy for you and your family. Thank and you. Uh, Thank you. I wish you nothing but the best in the future. And if you uh, get that next book out, you know, the door is always open here. Well, I would love to. And I thank you so much for the opportunity, for sure. This has been really fun. You're your delight always. And just even catching up with my old friend. It's been wonderful. I really appreciate it. Hey, everyone. This is Chica Sonia Iris Lozada. And, and the man, Alex Greenwood. And thank you for joining in this month. This month, we're talking about our goals and many other things. Want to add something there? I want to add that there's many other things. <laughs> I know we kind of like touched our goals for like five minutes. Yeah, but but just you ought to listen because Sonia gets my goat really quickly on this one. <laughs> Y'all have fun. Thank you for listening. Well, what do you know? Yet another side hustle for your old pal, Al. Hey, join me and my friend, Sonia Iris Lozada, a.k.a. Chica, and again, me, the man, every month for Chica and the man in a reverent chat between two friends who've never met each other. Sonia is an actress and poet in L.A., and I am that guy you hear on the podcast machine a lot. 
join us for our conversations every month about our lives and about our thoughts and just about well, sometimes nothing, but we think you'll enjoy it. Chica and the Man, every month, wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to check the show notes for a direct link. Thanks for joining us on Mysterious Goings On. Be sure to follow Mysterious Goings On wherever you get your podcast and never miss an episode. Don't forget, you can get the links to books and other things mentioned on the show at mgopod.com. Until next time, keep reading. Keep reading.